0: You're alive, I can hear it. Praise the Lord. My name is Vance Hunter, and I serve as uh, the pastor of hospitality and the pastor of care here at the Three Crosses. And uh, my wife and I, Alicia, we've been here since uh, 2008. And I came on then as the pastor of hospitality and pastor of small groups. And that's been quite an experience, a, a beautiful, beautiful journey, falling in love with Three Crosses and falling in love with many of you here today. Uh, I've gotten to know quite a, a number of you, a lot of you, over the last few years. And uh, if I know you and I've talked to you and we've uh, just spoken one time, at least let me get a hand wave out there. Let me see if I see you. Look at all those people come through hospitality somehow out there. And I'm glad to see that because it can be a little lonely up here. just me and the Holy Spirit. I want to know that you, are you with me? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Just want to say uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I hope you have a a wonderful, wonderful day. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for all that we've seen, all that we've heard, and all that we've experienced. Let this just be a a, continual, wonderful time, Lord, in your grace and in your mercy. Use this message, Lord, uh, to uh, just bless us, to increase our lives, that we may be transformed, and Lord, that we may become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles or your, your Bibles on your phone or wherever you got the Bible in the pew in front of you, turn to the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. Some of you can see I'm a little older than some of those other young guys that get up here, so uh, I'm going to do what we used to do in the church long ago. When you, when you get where I just ask you to go, say amen, would you? <laughs> That way I know there's quite a few of us that are there. First John chapter 3, verse 11. Oh, I got an amen out of you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And verse 12 talks about not being like Cain who murdered his brother. And uh, what we see here, you look behind me, you see a scene. It's a scene of a caption of a, a road that's out there. And it's a road that John is talking about. He's, he's saying to the congregation, uh, this road that we know, we've been hearing over the last couple of weeks, it's a road to, to stay on, a road to stay on the road to continue to love one another, like Jesus loves and that's what this is all about is staying on that road loving one for another that's what God would have us to do and that's what John is saying here today he's saying to his congregation he's saying stay on the road and don't get off this road of loving one another those in the balcony those on the first floor those in the lobby those in cafe four stay on this road of loving one another. Let me hear you say that. Say, stay on the road and don't get off. That's what he's saying. Now, over the last few weeks, we heard from Pastor Danny and Pastor Buzz about why John wrote this and why he wants them to stay on this road and why he's preaching this. He's saying this to counter the uh, false teaching and the uh, heretics that had come into the church. Jesus even called them wolves. And John wants to Teach them to stay together. Don't let. See, these folks were coming in in an attempt to separate and to divide the church and the people of God. And I believe that just as God used John 2,000 years ago to write these words in the scripture, he wants to use the scriptures today to remind us here at Three Crosses in the church of today to stay on the road. Stay on the road of loving one another and not get off. And he's also saying, for the church that's not on the road, to get on the road, to get on the road if you're not on the road. For us as individuals to stay on the road or get on the road if we're not there, to loving one another. The biblical truth of this message is that John here is saying the same words that Jesus spoke to him and the disciples before Jesus departed. If you were to look in John, and this should be on the screen, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, 34, and 35, John said, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This love that John is talking about, it's a love that bonds the church and the people of God together. And it also points others to Christ at the same time. And that's what God wants us to know, that this love is so important. It's what keeps us together. It's a refreshing love. It's an exciting love. It's a love that will not wear out. It's a love that will last forever and ever and ever. And it moves us to love other people, whether we know them or not. It's a beautiful, it's a wonderful love. Last year, I was with... Uh, the followers one of our community groups my wife and I we had we went with the followers over to uh, Rome we went to Israel and we went to Jordan and this is a picture here of us over in Israel 40 of us caught a plane went on over and uh, had the experience of uh, visiting many of the holy sites that are listed and recorded in the Bible we also we had intimate conversations, sometimes as individuals, sometimes as groups. But we got to know each other. We, we spent time together doing life with one another. And we shared many, many meals. As you look there, you'll see uh, one of the meals in particular, we were at lunch. We was at Peter's Restaurant or Peter's Fish. That's just, that's just four or five of us there, but there were times when we were in bigger tables. And this particular lunch that I'm sharing with you, we, uh, we had a lunch together and we were sharing, about eight of us at the table one day. And we started talking about our experience. And it was if Jesus Christ was sitting right there with us, the atmosphere was just so profound and, so, and just so awesome. We could sense the body of Christ. And uh, we were talking about our experience. And uh, we started just going through what we had seen and heard and talked about. And uh, we concluded at the end of the conversation, we all agreed that we had mixed feelings. Those of us at that table had mixed feelings about going home. Matter of fact, it'd be, it was just awesome. It was a place you want to go if you never had a chance. But we had mixed feelings about going home. And when I came back to the States, I started praying about that. I said, Lord, I never experienced that type of intimacy with people. Uh, and I want to know what that's about. And what the Lord revealed to me, what was happening with us, we were falling in love. We're falling in love with one another. We were falling in love like Jesus loves with one another. And many of us still have that bond today who were over in Israel. We may not spend a whole lot of time, but when we see each other, we know we've got something special. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We have something special. Let me see the hands of those who want to love like Jesus. Every hand almost. Yeah, it's an awesome love. What I see here in the scriptures that I'm going to talk with you about is three overarching points. Many say that this uh, first John book written by John is not just a letter. Some say it's even a sermon. And I can see it's a sermon because he writes it with points. You know, he's point this, point that, and then he elaborates on his points. And many of you know pastors of old, that's how we did it, point one, point two, point three. Younger people doing a little bit different, but it all comes together. Amen? It all comes together. It's the word of God. So we see here the three points is number one, we can, and I'm going to talk about all three, but we can love like Jesus when we love one another and not hate. We can love like Jesus when we love each other sacrificially. We can love like Jesus when we love others righteously. What does it mean to, we're going to talk about loving one another and not hate. First John says, first John 3, 11, 12 says, for this is the message You heard from the beginning we should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. John, what John is doing here, he's linking, listen to this, he's linking hate to murder. He's linking hate to murder to emphasize his point, his message of love. We know that murder is an egregious, it's a terrible act. And that's what Cain committed, a terrible act. Murder is, it's terrible. And so is hate in the eyes of God. This murder, this hate, it separates people. It causes strife with people. It hurts people. It divides people. And you know what? In the church, that's what hate does. It separates us. It divides us. It keeps us on one side of the fence and others on the other. And it impacts the whole church, not just those that are involved. And what God is doing, he's using this example of murder to warn us to keep hate out of the church. Somebody say that, keep hate out of the church. Keep hate out of the church. church. What he says here, God is also, he's putting murder, excuse me, he's putting hate on the same scale is murder. He's putting hate on the same scale as murder. He says it right here in 1 John three fourteen and fifteen. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murder has eternal life. And what when we talk about hate here in the scripture? Right here, we're not talking about a hate for a certain food or a hate for going to the dentist or a hate for washing dishes. Anybody know about going to the dentist? <laughs> I just went the other day, and I, I thought I was going to like it, but I didn't. <laughs> it hurt, right? But we're not talking about that type of hate. And we're not talking about the type of hate uh, that God mentions in his word when he says, Jacob he loved. But Esau, he hated. God didn't uh, necessarily hate Esau. What he hated was the sin that would come from the life of Esau and his offspring, the Edomites. They would treat, the the Edomites treated Israel terribly when they came out of Egypt. And God hated that. The type of hate that I'm talking about is a, this is the type of hate Cain had that God wants us to stay away from. He had this what's called devil-inspired hate. It's a hate of righteousness. It's a hate of goodness. It's a hate of purity and all that stands on the side of God. Some of you may say, well, I don't hate anybody. I just don't like some people. <laughs> you ever said that? <laughs> okay. You don't have to raise your hand on that one. You have to take the fifth. <laughs> uh, but you may say, I just don't like some people, but I don't I don't see in the scriptures anywhere about not liking people. It's just not in there. So God is reminding us to keep hate out of the church. God also puts hate, listen to this, on the same scale with eternal death. I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't cover this. It says anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Uh, This reminds me, I don't know if the young people do this today, but when I was older, when we picked teams, let's say we're going to be two teams, one person would draw a line in the sand or the dirt and says, uh, if you want to be on my team, stand on this side. And if you want to be on the other team, stand on the other side. I believe God is is asking us and encouraging us today to make an acknowledgement or decision for which side we stand on. Uh, Do you stand on the side of Jesus? and love and eternal life? Or do you stand on the side of hate and eternal death? Oh, again, I would be remiss if I didn't drive this home, because there are some people here today, in a crowd this size, you're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side, brothers and sisters. And I want you to come on over. Somebody say, come on over. Oh. Come on over. And I said this first and second service, I am begging you from the bottom of my heart, That if you're on the wrong side, come on over. Come on over the side of Jesus and love and eternal life. Number two, when we are on the road to loving Jesus, we are on the path of sacrificial love. John said in 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Here, John uses the supreme example of sacrificial love that's Jesus Christ laying down his life John also wrote in the Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 11 he says I am, Jesus said I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep when John says that Jesus lays his life down what John is saying is that Jesus willingly went to the cross nobody had to twist the arm of Jesus to get him to go to the cross. Some say when Jesus said in Luke 22 and 42, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, let your will be done. Some say that Jesus in his humanity was trying to back out of the cross. Oh, let me tell you that Jesus was not trying to back out of the cross, Jesus was demonstrating the highest level of bravery. For in his humanity, Jesus was cognitive of all. He had thought it out. He knew all. He was aware of the suffering, the agony, and the pain that he would endure on the cross, both physically and spiritually. Oh, Jesus knew exactly what he was getting into, and he faced it head on. Jesus died willingly. For those who just died the other day in New Zealand, Jesus died willingly willingly for those that beat him. Jesus died willingly for those that killed him and those that hurt him and that crucified him. And Jesus died willingly for you and me and all humanity. And I can only say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Can you say that? Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Oh, Jesus died for you and me. And when I think about it all week, every time I talk, thought about this, I choked up, because Jesus died for my mom and my dad, my sisters and my brothers, for you and me. He died for all of us. Thank God for Jesus. So how do we, how do we live this out? How do we love others sacrificially? John says in 1 John 3.17, John says, if anyone has material possessions and see his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Well, we know we don't have to go to the cross. Jesus said it's finished, and it is finished. Now, there are some that God calls to die a, a death of martyrdom, but he doesn't call all of us to die a death of martyrdom. Here, John gives us the example of what sacrificial love is for you and me, and it's it's, it's having compassion. It's having pity for those who are in need. John Piper, the noted theologian, said, when when we help others to bring Christian love to earth, he says, when we help others, we bring Christian love to earth and squarely into everyday life. They used to say, Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. That's what he's saying. We got to be, we, the Christians, brothers and sisters, we, God, someone told me that the ones who make the greatest change in this world is Christians. I want us to think about that because we can make a change in the lives of those who are suffering and those who are hurting. What will it take for you? Will it take an act of kindness? to render sacrificial love? Would it take helping the needy, giving some food to someone? Would it take increasing your tithes and offering here at church? Or how about forgiving someone that's hurt you? That's an act of sacrifice. Or how about asking somebody to forgive you that you've hurt? Oh, it hurts. doesn't feel very good. How about giving up a bad habit that you may have that may be hurting you and other people around you. Oh, whatever you do. How about going to the store when the cooks need some more ingredients? Anybody know about that? You're at home, your spouse or someone says, I'm missing this, I'm missing that. I don't know about you, but I cringe when I hear that. (laughs) I was like, man, want me to go to the store. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's sacrifice, amen? (laughs) That takes some sacrifice. Yeah, simple things, right? God is saying for us to give it our all. And, J- and this is what John said. John said, dear children, in 1 John 3:18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and truth. In other words, just do it. Just do it. Somebody say, just do it. Amen. Amen. Say it again. We need to hear that again. Just do it. Amen. Yeah, take that home with you. Just do it. On the job. Take it on the job. I think the Lord wants us to hear this. Number three, uh, we love others like Jesus. We love like Jesus when we're on the path of loving righteously. 1 John 4, 7, 8, 12, 13, 16. John says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. God does not love, the, whoever, whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love completes us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. Listen to this. He has given us his spirit. The spirit of God is all in this place. I know a lot of Christians here and I've met you and spent time with you. That means God's spirit is with us. Amen. He said, well, there's two or three gathered in my name. I shall be in the midst. Amen. And that's beautiful. That the love of God is here. But what that also tells us is that love is the essence of the life of the believer. It's the essence of who we are. This scripture reveals that though, it says that those that love God are known by God and we know God. That also says to us that we take on the nature of God. Some say the anointing of God. Oh brothers and sisters how exciting that is. We, you can look like Jesus. You can walk like Jesus. You can talk like Jesus. You can look like love. You can walk like love. You can talk like love. Somebody see you, they said, There goes love. The love of God through Christ Jesus. Jesus says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what that says to us is that it takes a human being, human flesh, here on earth to be the reflection of God to those who live in this world. And brothers and sisters, we are the flesh. We are the life of Christ here on earth. You may be the closest thing to love that anyone or everyone may either see, feel, or touch. So let's, three crosses, let's stay on the road of love. When we have the love of the Father, listen to this. It said, those that love one another, we are made powerful for throughout eternity. First John 4:18 says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. In other words, when we have the love of God inside of us, we have the confidence to love others, whether we know them or not. You have it. You may not know you have it, but you have it. Take the initiative. Inside of you, there's a love that's boiling up, ready to just burst out for this world and people around you. When you have the love of God inside of you, we know that fear tries to keep us from loving people. It tries to keep us away from people. It tries to keep you from talking to people. But what happens is love comes up and love just shoves fear right on out of the way. It pushes it right out of the way. Somebody asked Buzz Aldrin, the astronaut. And he was a fighter pilot. Somebody said, Buzz, how do you deal with fear? Buzz said, fighter pilots don't fear. We just execute. Same is true for true Christians. We don't fear. We just love. Amen? Amen. We don't fear. We just love. Love, 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 love. You say, well, I'm not loving right now. I don't hear love springing up right now. It's not in me. You know what? Hey, sometimes we crash and burn and we fall apart and we get down. But you know what? You got so much power, you can get back up. Amen? Amen? You can get back up. You can get back up. You start loving all over again. Amen? Just get back up. Oh, it's awesome. Those that love one another can live without the fear of God's wrath and God's judgment. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now, the fear that I'm talking about is not the fear that's so often mentioned in the Bible, such as Proverbs 9 and 10. It says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you can read about the fear of the Lord in many other places. That fear is in is in reference to God's to reverencing God. Uh, and respecting God and honoring God and that's something that God calls all of us to do what I'm saying is when we have the love of God in us we have no need to be afraid or petrified or terrified of God and his wrath God did not save you to condemn you the Bible says that there is no condemnation in those there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus I met a man every week. I seen him. He was saved. He would tell me, Pastor, I'm scared. I'm going to hell. I said, Hey, look, buddy, you've accepted Christ once in your life, and you don't have to accept him anymore. He's not the kind of God to throw you away when you make a mistake. He's a good God, isn't he? He's an awesome God. And his love is forever and ever and ever. So take that love to the world. Let them know that Christ is in you and that you love him and he loves you. This love that we have is throughout eternity. God, he saved you. I said he didn't save you to condemn you. He saves you and me because he loves us. He loves us. And he wants to spend time with us right, while we're right here on earth. Some of us go day to day and we don't talk to God. No, God wants to spend time with you on a daily basis. He wants to have a relationship with you. And not only that, God wants to use you. He wants to use you to bless others, and he wants to bless you. So when our time is up, and it's not a works thing, it's just that one-time salvation, he saved us because when our time is up here on earth, he's just going to lift us up, whether ashes or bones or whatever it is. I don't know. But I know he's going to pick us all up out of here, those that believe in him, and he's going to bring us into his ever-loving arms in heaven, and we'll spend eternity with the true and living God. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. These scriptures and what I've just shared with you, it just, it just, I want you to know that John wrote this. He wrote this to a community, a church community. He oversaw several churches. And he wrote this to the church community. And what this reminds us of is that everything that we do in the church, brothers and sisters, must come out of love. Whether you're on your job or whatever, whatever you do, whatever the church does, It must come out of love. I had a friend, uh, one day he said to me, he said, Vance, you know, you're a Christian. And, uh, you know, uh, Christians are hypocrites. He says, and the church is not cracked up to be all that you all say it is. And so I said, "Uh, you know what? I said, there's some truth to what you're saying, but it's not all true. Amen? It's, it's, it's It's not all true. So I let it go for a while. And then this time of year rolled around, Easter presentation, and I had some tickets. I said, hey, buddy, I said, I want to give you some tickets to our Easter presentation. He said, okay. And he took the tickets, and he showed up, and he came with another friend who had cancer. And I saw him a few days after he came to the presentation. And he said, man, he said, I can't believe what I saw at that church. He said, there was people around there loving each other. They were smiling at each other. They were talking to each other. They were just hanging out with each other. He said, they even talked to me. I said, wow, <laughs> they talk to you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's kind of a Scrooge, you know, I was like, they talk to you? Said, yeah, they talk to me. And uh, he said, my view has changed. Uh, I don't see it that way as I saw it before. And you know what? Uh, A couple months later, uh, my friend had a crisis in his life. And through the crisis, he gave his heart to Jesus. Gave his heart to Jesus. And I was so glad that he did that. I was excited. And what that reminds me of is that um, some people, you know, many people come to church for many reasons. But I believe ultimately people come to church looking for the love of God, the love of God through Christ Jesus. And they're looking at you and me. And some of you may be here today, you say, well, I don't see what your friends saw. Uh, you may not, but for you that, that do, I wanna say that you don't have, And those of you don't, if you're looking for love, you don't have to look no more. You don't have to look no more. There's, there's, so, there's love in this place. Jesus is here, and his spirit is here, and his love is here. And I want to tell you, if you open your eyes, you'll see it. You'll see it, and people that are sitting right next to you. I look out here now, and I see, again, the people I've talked to and come in touch with, and you've talked with me, and I see your love. I feel your love. And for those of you that are new here and you never experienced that, I want to tell you, I want to encourage you. You say you don't see it. I want to encourage you. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Because the Bible says that God will draw us out of darkness and bring us into his marvelous light. And it is his marvelous light we can open our eyes and see love all around us. Anybody see love? Anybody see love around them today? day? Sure. Just look at one another. Some of you here, you have that love. So what John has said to us today, what I see again, three points, and I'll summarize those. I see John saying that for us to stay on this road to loving one another. And then he not only says love one another, but he's saying to us sacrificially, in other words, he's saying love like you mean it. Put something into it. Let your spouse, your kids, your co-workers, let them see you give that, you know, that extra that it takes and they'll see the love in us and then last but not least we talked about making Jesus the center of our life the essence of our soul the nature of God will come upon us and we'll be able to reveal Jesus Christ to the world and in closing I remember when I was a kid and even into my adulthood when my mom she would get together with some of her friends and they would just like most parents they talk about their kids and uh, the character of their children. And my mom, she would always tell us one particular story. I won't go into it. But she'd tell this one particular story about how, uh, and at the end she'd say, I know my son, Vance. He loves me. I know he does. She was so proud to say that, that I loved her. And I do. Uh, Let me ask you a question. What does people in the church say about you? Do they say? That you love them, that you care. You may say, "Well, people in Three Crosses," or you may be a visitor church I go to. They don't even know me. Well, I want to encourage you starting today, and when you get back wherever you're going, is uh, let people get to know you. Don't just run off all the time. Don't just hide away. Let we have, and that happens. We have people that we don't even know, and something happen. We don't. It's just. It's not. It's just not healthy. Let people here get to know you. And, and I want to encourage you to start getting to know people here so that they can say you love them and they love you. What do people on your job say about you? Do they say that you love them? That you love the Lord? How about your family, your children, your parents, your cousins, your, your neighbors? Do they know that you love them? What about in your circle? Some of you may be retired. You may not be working. Do those people in your circles know that you love them? If the answer to any of those questions, and I know there's a lot of people who love the Lord and Lord is just springing out, but somebody here, I had some people first service. They, uh, they said, I'm going to share it with you. They didn't say anything, but they just confessed to it in a way. Some people here, you may have never accepted Jesus. This is big. You may have never Accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and this may not be today but it may be today that God is tugging on your heart he said behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice I'll come in and be with you and you with me if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ into your life but you want to ask Jesus to come into your heart right now let me see your hand let me see anybody want to accept Jesus Christ into their heart ask them to come into their life anyone hold your hand up if you want Jesus to tug at your heart. Amen. Let me ask you this. There's a big crowd here today. Some of you might have accepted Christ already. But you know that you can love a little bit more. Raise your hand. You want to put out a little bit more love. Amen. There you go. Praise the Lord. Amen. God wants to give you that extra power. Somebody in here, you love good and you love everybody. But you need a prayer right now. You may have cancer, you may have a tumor, you may have financial problems, you may be having trouble with your children, or some of you children may be having trouble with your parents. Amen? Amen. There's some trouble somewhere in our lives, some hardship that you just, and we got a prayer room you can go to, but you know there's something saying right now, I need God to come into my heart and save me or pray for me or touch me right now. If that's you, raise your hand. You just need that extra prayer. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Come on. They used to do that years ago in the old church, have people stand up. That's it. Praise the Lord. That's it. Confess the Lord. Confess. Stay standing. You standing is a confession, and you're confessing that you need Jesus, and that's humbling. That's humbling. Oh, I believe if you're standing, even if you're sitting, if that, neither of those apply to you, that's all right. But you're in the right place. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there may be someone here today who have decided to invite you into their heart. And I thank you for tugging away at their heart, Lord Jesus. If that person is here, Lord, we pray that if that's you, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, in your own quiet space, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Teach me how to love so that I can love others. If you're here today and you've been born again and you know that there are some folks that you haven't loved, but you need to love them a little bit more sacrificially, Lord, we just ask you right now to give my brothers and sisters the power and the ability to overcome any fear that would separate them from their friends, from their loved ones, from their community. Lord, bond them with the world. That the world may see you through us and those that have confessed that need today. And somebody here, Lord, they may be in need of a healing, a heartbreak, a relationship, a financial situation, a home going down. Whatever it is, Jesus. Aging, you know what the troubles we face. And we ask you right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, bring healing. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you.